0: Shit. Your amnesiac child with two broken legs is feeling, like, take her to the bed. <laughs> It'll be fine.
1: Welcome. Hello. Yep, she already said welcome. Uh, hey. <laughs> I'm Melanie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and I'm Stephanie. <laughs> um, surprise. And for those of you who are not giant fans of, of background noise, uh, you might hear my fridge, but you will not hear George, because we're in my apartment you know. now. It's a whole new world. This is.
1: This is the first time. Also, uh, this is past your bedtime. <laughs> 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 um, Again, surprise. But this is our first episode, not in my house, in Stephanie's home.
0: Dun-dun. Done,
1: done, done. Which I also just learned a fun Stephanie fact that I'm now going to share with you guys <laughs> because I love this Stephanie fact. She brought me this really cool glass which I'm looking at right now. It's in my hand. I don't know. I'm referring to it as a goblet. I don't know the technical term for this type of glass. But I mean, I
0: think it's just a water glass, actually. But
1: we're gonna stick with goblet.
0: <laughs> it
1: makes it makes me feel. More powerful in some way.
0: It does um, have... It, it's got, uh, it's got a, a, a green foot. Yes. And then the stem has, like, a ball on it. And there's then there's a, a large uh, pink
1: cup. Yes. So sometimes, late at night, Stephanie looks on eBay and Etsy for pink and green glasses. So she just has a little collection of pink and green glasses... And I also learned something about glass today because she knows about Depression-era glass and what (laughs) is quality glass and what is not, which I don't know about. (laughs) But, you know, I've learned something today about both Stephanie and glass
0: I feel like you could tell how much I I like and or trust you by which cups I'll allow you to use. Because there are a few that are my favorite that if anyone broke them, I don't know how to find them again. Because, yeah. like, I'm not sure of the glass maker. Yeah. Or it's just, like, a really hard to find item. So there's a couple of those that I, like, really wouldn't give to anybody to use. I'm mm-hmm. like,
1: these are for me yeah. to personally use. You have to and hold things close, so. Anyway. Um just felt like sharing that Stephanie fact because I enjoyed it. Yeah. So
0: We so this for this one I read uh, The Little White Horse by Elizabeth I wanna say goad? G-O-U-D-G-E. I feel like one of those is silent. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel How like was it's, I just
1: like gouge. Well, which I it makes me not- think of like gouging someone's eye I think it's out. like just an
0: old English name because if you look at her her little uh, little blurb back here, she was born in 1900 in what? Somerset, England. So she is she is dead.
1: Oh, that's but right. This is super old.
0: I was like, that's. It seems like just an old school English name with like, yeah, with some silent letters in it. Old Lizzie. It had a this whole book had a bit of like. I would be interested to know, like, when, uh, like, The Secret Garden and A Little Princess were written, because mm-hmm. there were some similar things in that. Were, like, The Last Unicorn, because they used some of the, like, the thing with, like, the water was the same? I don't.
1: I've never seen The Last Unicorn. Oh my god, really? I know. Have you is, read it? No. I know, oh, this is actually... That seems so up your alley. I know, I didn't know it existed until a couple of years ago, and then I just, like, had it on my list and was like, I feel like I need to watch this at, uh, like, a special moment, and then it kept, like, getting removed from I feel like the movie platform.
0: might be a little bit of a bummer
1: Is it, if you? the book is, like, a book book?
0: Yeah, um, so, let's see, my bookshelf's right here. I'm trying to think if I have it. I have some other stuff by that author it's um, it's this guy, but that's not the last unicorn. I do have it as a Peter comic Beagle. book. Oh wait, I do have it, but here's this one with just illustrations. If you wanted mm. like a quicker read, does it have the full? Yeah, yeah. Stuff? I mean, it's like every single detail isn't the same, but it's like it's an accurate retelling. Hmm. I wonder which one of those was written first. How old is Peter S. Mm-hmm.
1: 1968.
0: So, yeah, he probably read The Little White Horse, and this is, like, a bit of a riff yeah. on that. That makes yeah.
1: sense. I had no idea this was a... Well, I might want
0: to read this. Yeah, you can borrow that comic. Thank you. I feel like comics are, like, always a, a good thing to switch to when, like you don't have a lot of free time. I know when I was in college and I was doing literature because there's so much reading you have to do for that. Like, when you're done, like, reading for five hours for your homework, you're, like, not really that jazzed to read more in your free time. No, definitely not. But if you are, like, if you read a graphic novel or a comic book, it's, like, you could do that in, like, half an hour. Yeah. And get, like, a full story out of it.
1: Definitely. That's... I just started rereading Saga It's kind of, like, a... I've been in just such a weird spot mentally and, like, not... I just didn't read anything for, like, a long time. Um, and then I was like, I'm just going to reread things that, like, I know I really like. And so it's, like, easier yeah. for me to get into. And that's been helping, just to, like, kind of remind myself what I enjoy.
0: Yeah. As always, I have been reading a lot of audiobooks. I read. Mean, I just read. Um, this is how you lose the time war, which was really good. What's that? Um, so it's mostly set in the future, but it like features time traveling, and it's these two people that are agents on opposite sides of a war, and then they uh, fall in love, and they're like leaving each other letters in like different periods of time and stuff. I won't. Ruin the whole thing for you. Yeah. That's like the basic plot of it.
1: When was is that newer? Or is yeah, that... it's
0: a, it's a pretty new book. It's a pretty like quick read as an audio book. It's only like four hours, which is really short. Um,
1: huh. really I have I have
0: a physical copy, but it's like it's pretty short because it's like more huh. of a novella because yeah. it's like epistolary. See, that's for a long
1: while. I was like on a just a kind of like mod modern lit. Mm. contemporary lit kick like re- liking things that were more like realistic like just like regular kind of people yeah um but now I think I'm like overwhelmed by people so I'm like
0: fantasy <laughs> yeah I'm I mean I'm a big like speculative fiction sci-fi person yeah. and I like wiry stuff and you know fairy tale things I think that's pretty obvious from my general yeah. interest. I was sent that book and a couple of other books by somebody on Twitter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, there was somebody who was like wanting to, I think they must in some way have worked for this publishing company or something like that, but they were wanting to give away some different books by people of color. mm and so i got that and i got sent two other books i haven't read the other two yet but i just read that one i think the other one i was sent was like a black sun and then there's another one but i'm definitely gonna get to those and i read i read axiom's end which is the Lindsay ellis one where halfway through i was like is she gonna platonically date this alien Is that what's happening? I had the same feeling of joy that I had when I read The Ship Who Sang, and I got halfway into it, and I was like, this man is trying to buck the spaceship. (laughs) Is that what we're doing? Uh, Yeah, The Ship Who Sang is the first one, and McCaffrey, and then there's partnership. Get it? Get it? Get it? (laughs) Um, And several other ones. (laughs) Uh, Melanie, because they're
1: partners. And she's a yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the, the only thing I've picked up on today. <laughs> well, I'm intrigued by these. See, this is, ex- I just need things to get excited about.
0: I think that sometimes, like, you just get into a rut with stuff, yeah. or there's books that you're like, oh, I should read this, but yeah. it's, like, not as interesting to you.
1: Yeah, and so a lot of times the really, like, contemporary lit stuff is heavy, yeah. and then I'm, like, already depressed, and so then I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I have been emotionally traumatized by this book. <laughs> And I did
0: not need that. I'm having a bad time. <laughs> well, if you read and enjoy those, I'm, and you feel like you want to read something else, kind of sci-fi, I will lend you Axioms End because I think you'd enjoy it. It's it's set in the early 2000s and involves aliens.
1: The odds. Yes. uh I found that out. I think this year that. Or maybe it was. I have no One of the things of to anymore. really
0: cement you into into the moment is they're driving in the car and Fergalicious is playing on the radio.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's like upsetting
0: <laughs> for some reason. I well, because she avoids listening to the news, and then later she's like. Wow, I could know what was going on right now, but I don't, because I decided to listen to Fergalicious. So, great. I'm <laughs> glad I made that decision.
1: Hey, uh, I'm upset by this. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read it, but I am upset by this. Also, I recognize that we have completely diverted from our path. It's you know,
0: we, we always spend some time recommending books. I and think. that's,
1: you know, I think that's part of The charm of this podcast is sometimes we just say stuff. Um,
0: Should we talk about the book? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Um, uh, The Little White Horse. Yes, The Little White Horse. What do you remember about this? Unfortunately, the front of it does have a quote from J.K. Rowling. So, unfortunate, Uh, unfortunate.
1: That one, it was weird. Because for... A long time I was trying to remember what that book was because like all I could remember was that there was this book that I really liked when I was younger that I knew was like kind of fantasy-ish and there was like a white horse or a white unicorn, like the cover has a unicorn on it, but that was named Periwinkle? No, or there's some is someone named Periwinkle.
0: Her, her pony okay. yeah, the, the is her pony. Un- yeah, is her pony white? No, it's no. just like a dapple.
1: It's just pony. a dapple pony. Yeah. Um, wait, is that, like a dapple gray? Yeah. Okay, I count that. As
0: um, that, the but, like the unicorn like really doesn't feature that heavily in in the actual like events of the book. It's just kind of like something that like is in the woods and she sees sometimes and is part of some of the like general myths of the area but okay. as far as actually being on like a horse it's like this pony periwinkle. Okay. yeah so yeah so
1: i remembered periwinkle that was like where i learned the word periwinkle um and then there's like a young girl who like was just in and i can't remember details at all that because i couldn't remember what the book was called for forever but um which i knew that a a white horse or something was involved so little white horse makes (laughs) a lot of sense (laughs) um but that she was like kind of alone or like around older people i don't know just that it was set in older times anyway um that was like all i remembered and then uh, I found that book and that box of stuff that my parents brought, and I was like, "Fucking little white horse. (laughs) (laughs) Of course! Um, But, so I didn't remember much. That one I probably, I read a lot when I was much younger, but it's probably been 18 years since I read it. Just makes me feel very old. (laughs) Um, But, This is the book overview, which I found on thriftbooks.com, which also, if I haven't already referenced or, like, stated the website, thriftbooks.com has become my favorite website to um, find these, like, overviews and reviews on because they have the description and then they have these reviews from people and usually the people just have kind of weird things to say and I'm like top notch I
0: had to order something off of thrift books recently and it was just like a really obscure book that I had to buy from England turns out not that many people want a long book about how cloister gardens were organized but I do
1: sounds about right (laughs) that somehow doesn't surprise me at all um, yeah, Thrift Books. We're, we're in full support. Not sponsored.
0: Thrift <laughs> Books, if you wanted to sponsor
1: us. <laughs> give, us a, give us a shout at our email. PastorBedtimePod at I mean,
0: We had to put the email out there uh, at some point because Elizabeth is not going to be emailing us because she is 100% dead.
1: devastating. So far, none of the authors... Or
0: she's an immortal being who is more than 120.
1: Maybe she is. (laughs) But none of the other authors have emailed us at this point, which I must say is
0: shocking. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, I am going to read the book overview from thriftbooks.com for The Little White Horse when orphan maria arrives at moonacre manor she feels as if she's come home her new guardian is kind and funny and everyone there is like an old friend is it because they're actually old
0: <laughs> i mean they're her anyway.
1: relatives but beneath the beauty and comfort lies a tragedy maria is determined to find out about it change it and give her own life story and her own life story a happy ending This new fashion story is just as satisfying and memorable as your favorite fairy tale. What? This person starts their review. It's too bad that so few of Elizabeth... How did you say that you want to say her?
0: I I said Gowd.
1: Goud. Okay, we're just going to say that. I'm just going to call her Old Lizzie. That so few of her books are in print, though I am grateful that this one has been reprinted. I'd never read it before, and initially I was turned off by the unicorn illustration on the cover. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you well, don't deserve this book.
0: Well, it's yeah, like, that think. should have turned you on. Yeah, not that's turned like you off. the
1: opposite. The opposite. And he said, then they read lots of comments about how magical it was. Yeah, there's a fucking unicorn on the cover. Of course it's magical. I'm sorry, this person doesn't deserve any more of my time. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Moving right the fuck on. (laughs) Um, So there's religion in the plot, and there is a lot, but it's not offensive or preachy.
0: It it really... I would say there there was, like, quite a bit of religious content in this book, but it really reminded me of, like, Grimm's Fairy Tales, Hmm. where you can really tell where the, like... Plastered on Christianity is like mm-hmm. there'll be all this like pagan imagery and like obvious like old folklore stuff, and then they're like, and then we prayed piously because we are we are Christians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just it felt kind of pasted on, and I feel like mm-hmm. you could very easily like take that out. Yeah,
1: usually I feel about
0: because they're like, how can you know. we? How can I, a lady, writing in like? the thirties or something. <laughs> Make my weird fairy tale palatable to the general public. By adding in
1: some some stuff for the Christians.
0: Um so that yeah. they don't say that it's Satanistic or whatever.
1: Pretty much all of these reference the magic. The magic of the story. I'm just upset by that first one. It's like you know, you came in with the wrong vibe and I I don't like it. <laughs> vibe check, you failed. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan of you. Um so the protagonist is thirteen years old. Okay. Okay.
0: Give me your hand. Uh the thing I hated the most about that is she gets a boyfriend mm. and then like in in like Shakespearean comedy fashion at the end of this book, several people are getting married. And like, her and this dude are gonna get married, but they're like, they didn't get married at this time, but they did get married next year. I'm like, oh good, so she's 14 then. Wow, great. I'm <laughs> glad we waited this long. Oh, no. Really gave gave that relationship a chance to breathe. How, wait, how old is he? I think they're the same age, or he might be slightly older than her, but they're like, they're, they're
1: both 14? Yeah. The olden days were weird.
0: Like, I think they're, if they're not, like, the same age, then he's, he's, like, just described as being a head taller than her. So he's just, like, but they're both kids, at least. It's not, like, a true guy. But
1: Yikes. Um, anyway, all I remember is that I loved it. <laughs> and, you know, maybe on a better day, I would remember more, but likely not. <laughs> so... So now we're going to just move right on to the next segment, Penny for Your Trots, with Stephanie telling us what happened, what her thoughts are.
0: All the things about it. Okay, so our young protagonist, Maria Merriweather which I really think this author read The Secret Garden because there are several things that are similar. Some of the descriptions of her clothing seem similar to outfits that the the main character in A Little Princess had, which is the same author, um, as Secret Garden. There's, like, a, a, like the grounds of the manor that Maria goes to here is really overgrown, which is another thing that happens in that book. And, um... She ends up getting together with like a boy who like works the grounds and is like the sheep herder, which is also something that happens in the Secret Garden. So I'm just saying <laughs> this is Secret she Garden.
1: <laughs> she liveries. may have taken Well,
0: I mean she the protagonists are not the same. Yeah. Although there are a couple of things that I was like, interesting. The main character of Secret Garden is named Mary. Mary Maria. Oh, they're so different. And she describes herself as like being kind of like an unattractive little girl, but then she looks very similar to her mom, who is like a great beauty. Which is like a similar thing to how this person describes herself, where mm. she is talking about her freckles and her like reddish hair and how she like doesn't really think that she looks that great. But then um, she's supposed to look kind of exactly like previous women in her family, it's, like, there's always, like, one woman every, like, couple of generations in their family who is, like, the moon princess. Mm-hmm. And they all have, like, silver eyes and, like, look mm-hmm. very similar to each other. And obviously they were all very beautiful, so mm-hmm. she's wrong <laughs> about looking bad, which is also the case in mm-hmm. The Secret Garden. It's a fan fiction for sure. So the beginning of the thing starts... It's, it's Maria and her, her governess, Mrs. Heliotrope, that's her name, mm-hmm. and her dog, Wiggins, and they are explicit on the fact that Wiggins is not a very good dog. <laughs> he, he, his name is Wiggins! He's a beautiful King Charles Spaniel, and so... He, like, looks really cute, but they, like, say explicitly in the beginning that Wiggins basically doesn't give a fuck about anybody aside from getting food. Like, he seems like he's a really loyal dog companion because he's always, like, by their side, but essentially it's because they feed him. That's, like, his only concern. And then also that he looked very beautiful all the time. He's like, brush me. Look at my limpid, melting eyes. And everyone's like, wow, what a wonderful, beautiful, great dog. And actually, he's a shitty dog, but nobody can tell because he's very pretty. They, but they specifically like, point out that Wiggins is not actually like a loyal dog. He just likes food.
1: They're uh, like, Wiggins, <laughs> that beautiful, beautiful shithead.
0: <laughs>
1: Be- beautiful, vain
0: Little asshole of a King I Charles Spaniel.
1: don't remember Wiggins, but I love him based <laughs> off of that description.
0: <laughs> um, Mrs. Heliotrope is a... She's an older lady, and most people initially don't have a good opinion of her because she's her nose is very red, so people assume uh, that she drinks. Yes. But she just has digestion issues. I remember that. And so um, people, like... And she also, like, kind of dresses in a really, like, boring way or something like that. So people just aren't normally very interested in her. Mm -hmm. Maria loves her because her mom died young, Mm -hmm. as all horse protagonists have. And her dad wasn't really around, so, like, Mrs. Heliotrope has been, like, taking care of her this whole time. And she knows that she's, like, a kind person who, like, takes care of her. So she, like, Maria loves her Mm -hmm. and thinks that she's great, even if she... You know, doesn't look that good. Mm-hmm. Um, That's nice. So, they travel to the manor, which is the home of her second cousin. Okay. Um, who is, like, her her only relation left. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is kind of, like, he's, he's a pretty, like, overweight, jovial, like, older gentleman. Yeah. He wears like a big wig and like kind of overdresses a little uh-huh. bit. What's um, his name? So, this is
1: sounding familiar.
0: Um, Sir her, Sir Benjamin. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I noticed is that initially they did de- they like they describe a lot like the food that they're having, the outfits everyone's wearing, in like a fair amount of detail. And when you first see Sir Benjamin, he is wearing a shirt that is embroidered with yellow roses and red carnations, which are both uh, meant to represent friendliness in flower language. So they're like, he's a nice guy. Look mm-hmm. at the flowers on his outfit. And he's wearing a red ruby ring, which later you find out belonged to the, the man who like began their family, Rolf Merriweather. So it's been passed down mm-hmm. in their family. There is also what initially everybody's like, ah, oh, yes, that big shaggy dog that's always around. It's a lion.
1: It's yes. a lion the oh whole
0: God. time. Yes. <laughs> but everyone's like, Oh yes, just a very shaggy dog with red hair on it. It's, yes,
1: it's yes yes. Um,
0: who is also named Rolf. So she gets there, it's a it's uh it's kind of a weird but magical house. Like, her room is, like, got a really tiny door that basically only she can fit through. Um, and it's got, like, fancy furniture and, like, mm-hmm. a little silver knocker that's like a horseshoe. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's it's very whimsical, her, her little room. Um, and, like, there's a lot of little rooms and things like that in there that most people wouldn't be able to get into. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a little special place for
1: for her as a smaller person. They describe like the food at one point. They describe the food often. Does she have like kind of, I don't know. I feel like I'm either having some like deja vu or actually like remembering something that was in the book.
0: It gives me strong, I mean, any, I feel like you can always tell when writers have lived through the depression because mm-hmm. they do a lot of banquet descriptions mm-hmm. and it really reminds me of, um, the Redwall books. Yeah. It really reminds me of those as far as the, like, a lot of descriptions of what everyone's eating and there's mm-hmm. always, like, a big banquet mm-hmm. food kind of just magically appears. Mm-hmm. the... Some Depression-era fantasy stuff. Okay. But, so there's a lot of stuff, when she first moves in there, that just, like, shit just shows up. And she, like, is wanting to know, like, oh, somebody lays my clothes out for me, but they're, somebody's making our food. Like, all of these things are happening. I haven't seen any servants, really. There's, like, a coachman who, you know, picks them up. Yeah. And otherwise, initially they haven't. They don't. Ha- they haven't seen anyone who works in the house. And when she's like trying to to learn more about it, she gets chastised for like her feminine curiosity, which is something they like bring up more than once, as if like either only women are curious or a curious woman is an especially disgusting thing. We're
1: not supposed to think so. Have
0: you? <laughs> uh, which is, I was like, I I don't even know what you mean by this. Word. Right. Um, it's
1: best not to know.
0: Uh, it seems like some religious shit, like, ah, oh, yes, if only Eve hadn't eaten that apple or something.
1: Ah, it all comes back to Eve. Uh,
0: out there ruining things. Yeah, um, standard. So when she and Mrs. Heliotrope move in, Mm -hmm. they learn that, according to Sir Benjamin, there has not been a woman in the house, a woman has not crossed the threshold for 20 years. And they're like, that doesn't make sense, because, like, somebody's laying out these clothes for us, somebody's, Mm -hmm. like, picking flowers, like a nosegay for me every morning. Somebody made, like, some really fine lace bonnets and left them in Mrs. Heliotrope's drawer, and she's like, a man did not do these things. Like, this is, you know, I don't think this is true. There's gotta be a lady around here someplace.
1: Where's the lady? There is is a lady There is definitely a
0: lady around. (laughs) A man couldn't do any of this. (laughs) Men can't sew. Men aren't considerate. (laughs) So it turns out that some of the stuff... That's happening is being done by the cook, who's a very, very small individual. Uh, They refer to him as a dwarf. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's meant to be, like, just a person of small stature or an actual, like, mythology-style other race, because they talk about fairies a lot, too, in this. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're never, like, super concrete about it, so I'm not, like, entirely sure... If he's supposed to, in some way, be a fantasy creature, or if they're just talking about a a smaller person. Yeah. But the guy who is the cook, eventually she meets when the cat, whose name is Zachariah, invites her to come into the kitchen. And the cook tells her that basically the only way, like, nobody's allowed to go into the kitchen Unless he personally invites them, or Zachariah the cat personally invites Mm -hmm. you, but otherwise that's, like, his space and you're not allowed to go in there. Mm -hmm. Zachariah is extremely intelligent, and often people will leave messages with the cat, and he'll, like draw pictures of what is going on in the ash so that they understand things. Uh So there's several times where, like, an action thing happens and she's like, oh, I don't know if, like, everyone back home is gonna know that I'm okay. And, like, a message will have been gotten to the cat and he'll have communicated it by drawing something. That's awesome. So Zachariah, smartest cat in the world. Mm -hmm. And then... Gosh, what was the cook's name? I feel like it was, like, Scarlet or something like that. He... He talks very fancy. Oh, Mar- Marmaduke Scarlet. Okay. And, and Marmaduke Scarlet has, has a wide vocabulary. He talks very fancy whenever he talks. Okay. Um, and makes a lot of fancy food. And he lays, like, the fire and stuff for them. But he she finds out because she asks if he's the one who lays her clothes out. And he's like... What do I look like, girl? Like, I, oh, you've insulted my dignity by implying I would do something like that. So uh-huh. it's definitely not him. So she's like, there's still a lady around here yeah. somewhere. Who is she? As she's moved in and she's, like, getting settled in, she gets to learn how to ride on Periwinkle the Pony, mm-hmm. who has been not ridden by anybody since last there was a lady around. But somehow, even though that's been, like, 20 years... He, it the pony is not old and uh, Rolf the, the lion dog mm-hmm. has been like gone for a while and then showed back up and everyone's like oh he's super old but he just looks normal yeah. like pretty much all the animals around there it seems like have been alive for a really long time mm-hmm. like Rolf is probably like the original animal that like their like first ancestor had mm-hmm. And will just go away and come back periodically. And then people are like, oh, it's a different animal. It's the same animal. So she learns how to ride on Periwinkle. She basically learns how to ride in, like, one day. It's in her blood. <laughs> uh, or something. Uh-huh. So there's very, very little trial and tribulation there. She, like, the first day maybe gets thrown off a couple times or something. But mm-hmm. by, like, the next day she's, like, pretty much good to go. Yeah. Nobody has to teach a Meriwether to ride. That's
1: what they've always said.
0: I mean, that's what Sir Benjamin says. <laughs> so there's also, as part of the religious uh, indoctrination in this book, there is an old parson in town mm-hmm. who they drop hints throughout the book and then it's later revealed mm-hmm. that Mrs. Heliotrope had a romantic disappointment in her youth
1: mm-hmm. because
0: the guy that she was interested in, who was a French guy, who gave her a book of poetry that she has around, and she gave him a book of poetry as well. And then in looking at both of their bookshelves, Maria realizes that they have each other's books of poetry. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious that they that's who they were. And But she so she was interested in this guy, but she wasn't allowed to marry him because uh-huh. he was an atheist. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the only good reason to, <laughs> to ruin your life. Yeah. You know. I mean, otherwise, just a lovely man, but, you know, doesn't believe in God. So I'll just be alone exactly. forever. That's, yep. And then you hear a story about the old parson, about how he, like, was traveling through the area. And I think he, like, almost got struck by lightning or something, but he took a blow to the head that knocked sense into him. And then he, like, converted and became a, a pastor or whatever. So now he leads their church there in that. In the valley. At the end, he and Mrs. Heliotrope realize that they knew each other and get married. Because that's the kind of book this is. As Maria is getting settled, she learns all of these, like, things about the past of this valley. One of the things is that Rolf Meriwether was gifted this, like, the manor and, like, most of the area that they currently own Mm. by the king. Because he was kind of, I don't know if he was, like, a bodyguard or if he was just, like, somebody who fought alongside the king, but Mm. he'd save the king's life, like, three times or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the king's like, yeah, here, have some land. So he builds this house, and he, like, technically, like, owns the village and stuff, but he really would like to own the whole valley. Mm -hmm. And there's two problems with that. One of them is that there is a monastery that owns paradise hill there's a well on there and they used to like the well comes up a lot because it's like always super cold and maybe it has special powers or whatever but they used to keep sheep there and sell their wool and he didn't like that they were making all this money from their sheep so he asked the king he was like oh it's not it's not right that these monks are so worldly and they're getting all of this like money from their sheep and their wool. Like, I should have that. And the king's like, sure, take it. You saved my life three times. I don't care about the, this monastery. Whatever, have it. He takes that piece of land from them, kicks all the monks out. Everyone's like, well, it's not great. And so then he's looking at the other half of the valley. The problem is, is that the, the other half of the valley is owned by, I think it was like Blackwell was the guy's last name. But they're, they go by something else that's, like, French. It's, like, quote de noir or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they're, like, their symbol is, like, a black uh, rooster, like a cock. Mm -hmm. And when Maria is first coming to the valley, she notices that a lot of the trees there have been carved into night and cock shapes. So this guy owned the other half of the valley. And... Mm -hmm he'd had the rights to that land for a long time, since, like, William the Conqueror's time. Mm-hmm. Like, his family had had that land. So when Worf Meriwether brings this up to the king and is like, I want that guy's land, he's like, I can't give you his ancestral land that they've had since William the Conqueror's time. Yeah. Like, like, I literally can't take that. <laughs> Suck it up, bud. Because he's salty about this, Meriwether starts just, like, constantly, like, antagonizing this other dude talking shit about him and like their people are always fighting all the time it's it's a very like Romeo and Juliet situation because eventually Meriwether realizes like oh wait that dude he's not in the greatest of health but he does have one daughter I'll just act like I've had a change of heart I'll marry her bada ping bada boom that dude dies I get all the land everything's gonna work out for me um, this is Ralph. Yeah, yeah, way, way back in the day. Yeah. So he he does a whole show of kind of reforming, and after a few years, like, everybody kind of, like, is like, yeah, it seems like he, like, has thought better of his behavior, and he did these things, and, you know, he shows up at the other guy's castle and is like, hey, let's, like, let's stop let's, bread. Let's, let's stop doing this, and the other dude's like, yeah, I'm sick of this, <laughs> like, let's do it. So then he and he invites, like, them over to have dinner. He, like, starts wooing the girl, and eventually they get married. Mm-hmm. But in the course of him doing this, he does end up actually liking her, mm-hmm. you know? So they end up getting married, and it seems like everything's gonna go well. He, like, builds her this little room, because he knows that she's, like, a more, like, quiet private person than he is, and that mm-hmm. she'd want her own space that's not, like, you know... So he makes it have a really small door so that only, like, a smaller person like her can get in. So, like, it's Uh. not somewhere that he could even go if he wanted to, you know, to give her her own space and stuff. And so everything seems like it's going well for a while. And she's the original person who, like, rides the little white horse, Mm -hmm. which is supposed to have been, like, a fairy horse that got caught. Mm -hmm. This is the thing in The Last Unicorn, and I assume this must be, like, an older myth in some Mm -hmm. way but like the sea foam and stuff of like the shore is supposed to be like fairy horses like running up in the dawn you Uh know um and so hers was a fairy horse but it just happened to get caught on a tree and get stuck because it had the horn Uh uh-huh and so it ends up being like a gift to her and so she and the little white horse are riding around and like enjoying themselves so then her father ends up getting married to, like, some peasant girl and having a child. Mm-hmm. Like, having a, a boy. So he has an heir now. Mm-hmm. And Rolf just fucking loses it. He's, like, super pissed because he w- he thought that everything was going to work out for him. That her dad was going to die eventually. He'd have no other heirs. So mm-hmm. the land would go to, to him. And now that's not going to happen. So he's really mad. And... She didn't know that this was his plan. You know, she thought that he actually had a a change of heart and Mm -hmm. actually liked her. Um, And he's like, no, I do like you. Which he did, but also... I want this land. He did have a plan with Uh that. Yeah, it was his plan to marry her regardless. Just ruins their relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. she never really can trust him again. And she's never happy again with that relationship. And then it happens that, as far as everybody... Leaves, her father dies, mm-hmm. and then the baby also dies, and then the the wife just goes back home to her people. She's uh-huh. like, I don't want to live here anymore. Yeah, so it works out for Rolf, and he gets you know his land. But she's so upset because she like doesn't trust him at all anymore, yeah. and it's a little too convenient for her that. You know, both of them died. And so Mm -hmm. she's like, is this man a murderer? Like, I can't live here anymore. So she just goes off. And, like, nobody really, like, knows what happened to her after that. That's, like, how the story ends. And so it happens that, like, every couple of generations in their family, there's another lady who is similar to her. Mm -hmm. Who everything will be going well for them as a family. And then there will be some kind of quarrel and she'll leave Mm -hmm. and the the lion dog thing will show up like before that lady shows up and leave when she leaves and it's like this weird like kind of curse Mm -hmm. or whatever they don't like call it a curse but it's like this cycle Cycle. that keeps happening and it's like things are never going to be really great until this stops happening Mm -hmm. um initially maria believes and it turns out to be true that one because the, the parson says this too where she's like well, did, did Rolf kill that guy? And he's like, no, that's not like, that's not like the character of the Merryweather's Like they're arrogant and they're like hot tempered, but they're not like shady, you know, like, like even though like he was like a greedy dude who like took people's stuff, he, he like wouldn't just murder somebody in cold blood. Like that's not like in their character to do. So he's like, I don't think that's what happened. I think that that other guy just like, you know, was sick of sick of it all and just mm-hmm. like went off somewhere you know and a problem that they've been having on the land for a while is that there are these like wicked men that live in the in the castle like the the castle where all of that stuff happened and most people think that those are the descendants of that son that like he didn't actually die that was mm-hmm. something that the mom said because she was, like, afraid that he would be killed. You know? Because she Mm -hmm. was like, I'm just, like, a random farm girl. I don't have the ability to deal with, like, aristocrats, like, trying to kill my child. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to pretend like he's dead. Go home. Raise him there. Whatever. Fuck this. A few, like, a while after that happened, when it would have been, like, Enough time for that guy to have had children. Like, four—I think it was either two or four men, like, just came and moved into that house. And they've been living there ever since and poaching and, like, telling people— like like monopolizing the coast and not letting people do that. Mm-hmm. They like steal cows and like trap animals and stuff all so the time. So they're living
1: in like the Blackwell house. Yeah, like, they're the uh, they're living
0: house. in like the the pine woods out there and mm-hmm. like nobody else really can like go in there or deal with that yeah. because they're just yeah, they're like a bunch of like robbers that live there and like steal stuff from people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's been like a a problem for generations. See, they call them, like, the the Coq de Noir, so they're obviously French, mm-hmm. but I think they, like, originally were calling them, like, Blackwell or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the main dude, like, walks around with, like, a black rooster just chilling on his shoulder all the time. As you do. As you do. <laughs> um, so this is a big problem for them. One of the things that happens with Maria in this problem is that she finds this hair that has been trapped and is screaming, which... I don't know if anyone's ever heard a rabbit scream, but it's terrifying. Sounds like a child being murdered. It's really awful. I had a bunny that, like, caught its toenail on something and ripped it off. Ugh. And it just screamed, like, nothing. Like, I think it's, like, extra disturbing because normally bunnies don't make any kind of noise. Yeah. Yeah. So she saves this hare from a trap. And it's named Serena. And Serena, like, is hanging out with them for the rest of the book. She just has, like, a rabbit buddy now got her cat friend, she's mm-hmm. got a pony and a lion. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else could you want at yep, uh, this point? Right. some bells. And and Wiggins.
1: Wiggins! Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> who is just kind of... He's a millstone around their neck. He does nothing useful. Um, initially, Rolf really hates Wiggins and then once Rolf decides that he accepts Maria and that like she's his person now, he like... He's like, fine, I guess Wickens is also under my protection, but he's very annoyed by him because he can tell that he's not a dog of good character. <laughs> love that. Uh, There's a whole scene where her and uh, our male love interest, who I'll discuss in a minute, mm-hmm. um, have to go do something, and Wiggins has decided that he has to go with them. But he can't, like, climb or do anything useful, so they're just having to carry him. He does nothing. He's just, like, there and annoying everyone (laughs) the whole time. They mention it at the end of the book where, like, all the other animals that, like, actually did useful stuff to help or, like, you know kind of basking in their glory at the end where they're like oh yes we did it together teamwork and then Wiggins like yes and I am also here (laughs) um and she describes him as like the kind of commanding officer that like is always hiding when the fighting happens but then marches very vigorously in like the parade when like you get home
1: yeah
0: but in the case of Wiggins he just is so beautiful that everyone's like has totally forgotten that he did nothing. <laughs> here I am.
1: It's me, Wiggins, <laughs> <laughs> the the
0: beautiful King Charles Spaniel.
1: I'm here, and you're welcome. Look at my flowing hair. <laughs> I'm beautiful. Uh, yes, feed me. I uh, yep. Just, just look at me. Just look at me.
0: At one point, uh, when when Serena the rabbit. The, or the hair gets introduced into everything. Wiggins is initially offended because she is also very beautiful, and he's like, Excuse me.
1: This is my zone.
0: Excuse me. <laughs> How dare you? I love Wiggins. There can only be one useless hottie here, <laughs> and it is I, Wiggins. And Serena's like, Don't worry because I'm not useless. And he's like, Fair
1: enough. <laughs> he's like, Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want competition in that realm.
0: <laughs> How can I I look beautiful and do as little as possible if you were also here doing that? <laughs> but Serena actually is helpful. So. Oh goodness.
1: Love um,
0: that. So our male love interest, initially I'm like, is this just Robin Goodfellow? what is this Peter Pan-esque description? (laughs) And there also is, like, a thing where um, he was basically her imaginary friend for a while when she was younger. It's, like, one of the few disagreements that she and Mrs. Heliotrope had is that Maria used to think that she was, like, playing with this boy named Robin in the park, Mrs. Heliotrope would say she couldn't see him and mm-hmm. that Maria was making him up and she was, like, very offended by this. She's like, I don't lie about things. He's totally here, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then she meets him at the manor. Like, that's where he actually lives. He's named Robin and then they describe his laugh as being Puck-like and I'm like, okay, so he's Puck. <laughs> like, so he's Robin Goodfellow. Like he's a fairy, is the implication you're trying to make. I know you've, like, decided to make him a person, but they bring up fairies a lot in this. Mm -hmm. They never actually say that anyone is a fairy, but they just call things fairy-like all the time and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of like fairy-esque things like people like living in houses that are built into like the side of a hill and Mm -hmm. stuff so I'm like they're supposed to be fairies but you just made them more people like Mm -hmm. because it was like the thirties and you didn't want religious people to get mad. It feels very a lot of that stuff feels very pasted on where I'm like you just wanted this to be like she moves to fairyland and marries a fairy but you couldn't do that (laughs) so you did something lame yeah so robin is this the guy there's a lot of weird shit let let me think so robin's mom it turns out was the lady that was last in their house 20 years ago hmm who almost married Sir Benjamin and then didn't because they had a fight, and then she went and married some other guy, mm-hmm. but she was like a relative, and I was like, "Wait a second! So you're gonna marry Robin, but y'all are related? Hold up! It
1: was Sir Benjamin and they would have been related. Well,
0: okay, in their case, she was related through marriage, so they okay. weren't actually blood relatives, but her and Robin would be. Wait, or her her, her father. And Maria's grandfather were brothers, so then Robin would be a cousin, right? Because they would have had they would have had grandfathers that were brothers. They would have been like second cousins or something. Yeah. Okay. So she's gonna be marrying your second cousin here. I don't like that. (laughs) You can't see it, but Melanie made a really weird face. (laughs) She was not into
1: it. I I wasn't into into
0: it it either because okay. So when Maria first sees Minette Love Day. She's working, she's doing some work for the parson, and she sees her and immediately is like, ah, I wish that lady was my mom. She looks exactly what I always wanted a mom to look like. And then apparently that lady had the same thought when she saw her, where she's like, ah, I wish that was my child. Well, they're sort of, it's going to work out for them in that (laughs) respect.
1: But, (laughs) um, and that she's going to be boning her mom's son.
0: Yes, but also, spoiler alert, Minette and Sir Benjamin do make up and are going to get married at the end of this. So it's going to be real incestuous.
1: There's all sorts of familial dynamics. Yeah,
0: so Minette and Maria are more closely related, actually, than Maria and Sir Benjamin are. Because they refer to Sir Benjamin as Maria's second cousin. Mm -hmm. So, she's about as related to him as she ends up being Robin. Minette and Sir Benjamin are not blood relations. Either way, incestuous and weird. Yeah. So, Minette and Sir Benjamin had lived together at one point because she was orphaned, as everyone is all the time. Mm -hmm. Had to move from, like, Scotland, I think she's from Glasgow, to live with them there when she was 10 and he was, like, early 20s. And then later, when she was a little bit older, they decided they were going to get married. His mom, not a fan of it. They um, don't like that. <laughs> so the big point of contention between them, other than the fact that his mom never liked her and was always kind of, like, a dick to her. The main point of contention was the color pink. Very serious issue for them. When Minette moved into the house. She didn't have much, but one of the things that she had was some geranium cuttings that she would brought from her, like, family's garden. So Mm -hmm. they were really, like, the geraniums were really important to her, because Mm -hmm. that was, like, her one connection to, like, her family and her home that she had to leave. But they were really pink, and apparently Sir Benjamin's mom really, really hated pink. Mm -hmm. Which Maria initially sympathizes with, because she's like, as a lady with slightly reddish hair and silver eyes, I look like trash in pink, and I don't like pink Mm -hmm. for that reason. So she initially agrees with this prejudice. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was always a point of contention between them that Minette had all of these geraniums growing all the time. Mm -hmm. But obviously they were really important to her. Yeah. And unbeknownst to her, uh, Sir Benjamin also hated the geraniums, but he just never really said anything about it. Whereas his mom was always being like, Hate this. Think it's tacky. Hate pink. So... His mom sounds like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like she wasn't very nice to her growing up. So, they got engaged. His mom wasn't a fan of it. Mm-hmm. And then in in the style of period women, she just died because she didn't like it. She, like, caught a cold and died <laughs> because she was upset that they were going to be getting married. It's It's very like, I'm going to die of heartbreak goodbye uh, you know um, like the what
1: you've done to me son
0: so you know she's passed away it's been a little while they're still you know intending on getting married mm-hmm. it's coming up to like around when they're going to be getting married the parson is coming to have dinner with them mm-hmm. and so minette is like you know what it's time like i you know she's been dead for a while my room is still full of geraniums. So I feel like I can't even move. I'm going to put these in the rest of the house now. I, I didn't have them out before because she didn't like pink. But, you know, she's not here anymore to be bothered by it. So I might as well bring my geraniums out. So she brings them out and they like, puts them around the house. And Sir Benjamin is super, super pissed. And is pissed all throughout dinner, but doesn't really say anything. And then when the parson leaves, he just, like, flips out and, like, throws some of her geraniums out the window Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so she leaves. They never really make up from it. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I guess he tried to, like, send the parson to talk to her. And she's like, that's not a real apology. He didn't show up himself. He never apologized for, like, throwing my, like, my very important sentimental items out the window. He, like, no, I'm not gonna, like, like, that's not a proper apology. Yeah. So, when she left, she ended up getting a job at like just some random house. Basically, she like walked out of the valley and just like knocked on some doors looking for work. Ended up working at this guy's house and he fell in love with her and then they got married.
1: A classic tale. Mm-hmm.
0: And then she had Robin and blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. so it turns out that she's the lady who's been like leaving stuff out for Maria.
1: She just like coming back into the house.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes she's making is. back in. Which like if you're out, a, if you're
0: a fairy makes sense, but if yeah. you're just a regular lady, highly creepy. Yeah. Just
1: wandering into people's homes, leaving gifts.
0: Well, you know, Zachariah was letting her in, so That's she had the same. cat's permission.
1: <laughs> as long as she had his permission, then it's regular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maria's unbothered by this housebreaking and she's like, man, now that I know it's you, you should give me a kiss in the morning. So she, like, gets a little kiss on the cheek in the morning, because she's like, this lady's my mom now. Is there anything ever
1: (laughs) stuffed with dewdrops?
0: There are are snowdrops. Snowdrops. Like, there are flowers, yes. yes. She, like, she usually will have they mentioned that, um, Maria is very into her clothes. That Mm. she, like, she likes to be well turned out. She's Mm -hmm. like, She's she's conscious of her outfits, and one of the things she likes is to have like a little a little nosegay bouquet that like is inside of her outfit just for mm-hmm. her to enjoy. It's like other people can't mm-hmm. see it, but I don't know if you know what a nosegay is. Do not. Sometimes ladies would carry a little bouquet in like the sleeve of their dress, mm-hmm. and it would usually have some herbs attached to it, and it would just be there for them to like enjoy as, like, a, a secret beauty thing and then mm. also as, like, a nice thing to smell if they were around smelly things. Mm-hmm. So she has violets a lot, and then she has some snowdrops one time, and it turns out Robin's the one picking the flowers for her, and his mom is the one putting the outfits out. Okay. Okay. But there are snowdrops. Okay. Good to the, the, like, the whole thing about, like, her finding out that Minette was supposed to marry Sir Benjamin is, like, she, Maria and Robin are trying to, like, resolve the the issues you know in the valley mm-hmm. and she ends up getting like really like soaked and he's like okay we'll go back to my house and you can like my mom can give you something else to wear because you're like mm-hmm. drenched you know you can't walk around like that so they go down into their house in the, in the hill and she realizes that she's already been here this is Minette's house mm-hmm. so that's how she learns that this is his mom and His mom decides that instead of giving her, like, you know, just a regular dress to wear for a minute while her clothes are drying, she, like, has her put on the wedding dress that she made back when she was going to get married to Sir Benjamin, because she uh, she has this really fancy dress, and Mm -hmm. Maria's like, wow, this is really elaborate, what is this? And she's like, well, I made this wedding dress when I thought I was going to be getting married to, like, a gentleman, and then I ended up marrying... Somebody in more modest circumstances, Mm -hmm. I made a different dress for Mm -hmm. that occasion because this was, like, too much for that. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't have, like, fit with everybody else, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, the station that we were going to be in. She's just, like, eating dinner with Robin and his mom wearing his mom's wedding dress (laughs) the whole time. And then, like, she and Robin start having this weird fight because... about like who she's going to get married to and shit <laughs> and the- the whole time, she's, like, kind of fucking with him, and she's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna wear this dress when I get married to some boy that I knew in London, and she's talking about him, and he's like, who the fuck is this, and just gets really mad about it, and then they agree that they're going to be getting married oh, or whatever. Jesus. The whole situation is so weird. Also, I'm like, she's 13, like, why are you putting her in your wedding dress? Yeah, like- no, thank you. It's very strange. Hmm. And especially considering they get married, like, literally the next year. I don't like it either. (laughs) No, 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 no. So they end up resolving things. The two problems that Maria is like, we gotta fix this, is like, one, they need to give Paradise Hill back to God. So she makes Sir Benjamin agree that the sheep and everything, like, the funds from that are gonna go to the church. Like, they were back in the day before Rolf originally took it. Mm. And the the parson, like, you know, makes a little shrine thing there, and then all the villagers are, like, sprucing it up and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're obviously planning on, like, making some kind of, like, a church or something there Mm -hmm. when they have the means to do Mm -hmm. that. And then she wants to resolve things with the the men in the woods. And when she finally, like, does get to go to talk to them with, like, Robin's help, there's some adventures that happen. Mm-hmm. She goes to talk to them, and she's like, well, can we? how can we resolve this situation? Because obviously, like, this is not a good situation for anybody. Like, you guys can't enjoy constantly having to, like, steal things from people all the time. And we don't really enjoy having you steal from us. So, <laughs> like, there's gonna be a way to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well... Here are the two issues as we see it. Issue number one, your ancestor totally murdered our ancestor. We're positive that, like, he did. And also when um, they just call her the Moon Princess. I can't, like, remember Mm -hmm. if the the original lady, like, had a name Mm -hmm. that they say. But she had brought with her pretty much nothing, but her dowry was this, like, really fancy string of pearls which Mm -hmm. nobody's seen for a really long time so they don't really know what happened to it um so he's like i want that string of pearls back and i want you to prove that that guy didn't like actually murder our ancestor which you can't do either of those things so this is this is unresolvable Mm -hmm. so they end up getting into an argument and she and robin have to run away and in the course of their running away from these men and being chased from them they come across evidence that perhaps that ancestor did just go off because they find a little, like, hollow area under this tree where there's, like, a silver cup and a silver dagger with, like, the, the, like, black cock crest Uh. on them and stuff. So it's, like, obviously somebody from that family, some ancestor was, like, Mm -hmm. living here for a while. Mm -hmm. And then they find, like, this old, like, ship and stuff in another area and so they're like yeah clearly something happened and she's like yeah he just sailed off into the sunset that's what actually happened and they're like well how did his boat get back and she's like clearly the unicorns brought it back and everyone's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> that's, that does not make any sense <laughs> you, you've made that up right now <laughs> like, <laughs> So they're not, even though they stumble across this evidence, they're not really buying it that that's Uh. what happened. And then she's trying, she, like, she's like, I don't know where those pearls would be. And then she ends up discovering them. Pearls have been hidden in the well. And she previously had the thought that, like, there's an area, because this well is always very cold. There's a little area with a shelf where they keep things that need to be kept cold inside Mm. the well so they'll keep like buttering stuff there Mm. so she's trying to get like a pad of butter for the cook she happens to find this metal box and it's got the pearls in it and at one point when she first learned that that little larder was in there she thought that that would be a great place to like hide jewels or something Mm. if you Mm. were like under duress because it's not a spot that most people would like think of or would know existed you Mm. know Turns out she thought that because she's fucking psychic or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she could sense that they were there, yeah. so they're there. So she finds them, and she goes to talk to you know the the bad men in the woods again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I do have these pearls now, and you saw the evidence that you know my ancestor did not murder your ancestor." And the dude's like, "Well, one, we just saw some evidence that like he'd been living in that area. That doesn't prove anything. Also, how did his boat get back?" And she's like, "The unicorn." He's like, "There is no unicorn." Jesus Christ! She's like, "Come out in the woods with me and let's see if we can see this unicorn." He's, she's like, "If you see the unicorn, will you believe me that that's the thing that happened?" and I'll give you the pearls back, and everything can be fine now. And he's like, sure, if somehow we see a fucking unicorn, I'll, I'll agree to this. So he, like, agrees to it, and she's like, yeah, I think he is a man of his word, even though he doesn't think he's gonna have to keep it. She's yeah. like, I think if, I think that he will
1: yeah. follow
0: through on it. So they go out in the woods, and they have a very magical experience where they, like, at first they're just, like, fumbling around, the dude is swearing, and he's like, this Give me my shit so I can leave (laughs) Why are we out in the woods In the middle of the night But they end up having the experience Where they get to like They like hear the ocean Even though they're not near the ocean Mm -hmm. And then there's like all this light and stuff And then they happen to like See the unicorn on the hill And then it's gone And then they're both feeling very that The unicorn isn't there anymore And they're Mm -hmm. like I'm never gonna see that unicorn again I'm so sad the dude agrees to it. He's like, yeah, I said it. And then we did see a unicorn, so fine. I'm gonna hold to my part of the bargain. And they end up, like, having a tea party. With everybody the next day, which is how they, you know, Shakespeare comedy ending style, get everyone to get married. Mm-hmm. So that's where you know Sir Benjamin gets to meet up with Minette yeah. again, mm-hmm. and they're going to get married. And the Parson and Missus Heliotrope meet up again; and they're they're going to get married. Uh-huh. Um, and then she and Robin already agreed to get married, right. and they're going to wait a year so, and so do, it, do it do it at, do it at
1: the mature age of fourteen. Yeah, yeah. thank
0: God. <laughs> She's talking about how, like, basically, she's just waiting for when she's old and dies so that she can see the unicorn again. Because she has dreams where she wakes up with tears on her cheeks about, like, being in the woods. And there's the light, but the unicorn's not there. And she's like, someday, the unicorn will be there. And I'll ride off with it. my god. That's the end of the book. Wow.
1: Well, what an adventure. So, scale of one to ten ponies, uh literary work. I'm
0: gonna give it an eight. It's the highest uh, one yet, y'all. Yeah, I, like, this is a book that I might have read if I didn't have to read it, which is saying something, because the other ones I wouldn't have, probably. Fair enough. Of my own volition. The, like, religious stuff wasn't as much yeah. up my alley, but as we heard earlier, I have The Last Unicorn and The Secret Garden on my shelf, and this yeah. is, like, if you merge those two books. So. Yeah.
1: Okay, 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 cool. Good, 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 good. Uh, scale of one to ten ponies, horse content.
0: I don't think the horse content was super high. Because like, the, the little white horse isn't there very often. Yeah. It's, like, talked about as this, like, thing of myth, like, that the first, you know, moon princess rode on. That exists, that she's, like, glimpsed a couple of times, but she doesn't really get to hang out with it. Yeah. And then Periwinkle's around and Periwinkle's pretty cool, but Periwinkle's not like her main animal friend. Yeah. That's definitely Rolf. Like yeah. more lion content okay. than horse okay. content. So I don't know, like a five on the horse content.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. That's what I suspected. Yeah. This would be. So there's something happening
0: in the hallway. Oh, that's the laundry. It's the laundry. Okay. I was yeah. like
1: is someone it sounds like it's our uh where we have our um Trash now, the like little latch on the door. It's just
0: the it's sticks. just my name, my neighbor's stuff in the dryer.
1: Anyway, uh, scale of one to ten
0: ponies overall enjoyment. Um, I would say like a seven. I actually did enjoy this book like better than the other ones, and like not in as much of a what the fuck way. This was just like you know some some classical fantasy stuff. Yeah. Not as entertaining as some things because it. It was really traditional.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like that's overall a good review.
0: Do you have a horse story? Do you have a main character? So, characters? I
1: didn't think of anything. So, my uh, family did not wind up coming down here. So, I don't have a Diana. We're going to try to get, like, a Diana cameo of her telling a um, a horse story for main characters.
0: And, and I do have, for those Kara fans, I do have a Kara clip. I asked Kara to to record a special message. So we'll we'll include that <laughs> at the end of this podcast. For, for those of you who...
1: For the Kara fans. Are
0: wishing to hear Kara's voice. Yeah.
1: Which, who isn't? You know? Yeah. So I, I was kind of banking on that. And I didn't have anything as a backup. So this is more just, like, a weird topic that came up. Uh, the word smegma came up.
0: Oh, God.
1: For those that don't know, that's, like, part of... Being a horse owner and taking care of a horse is you have to clean their junk because they, like, collect just, like, I mean, it's just, like, I would imagine, you know, penis havers that are uncircumcised, (laughs) you have to clean in there. Um, And, you know, just like with having a vagina. There's some upkeep. (laughs) Um, But when you're a horse, just, like, everything is exaggerated, and also you're not, like, bathing regularly. So you get some crazy shit uh, (laughs) in your genital area. Mostly with, like, male horses, you have to clean the smegma out of their sheath. So... uh, I don't know if anyone has experienced that, but it is an experience. Um, you're literally just having to like get stuff out of like their skin folds. That's like weird and dark and smells gross and it's kind of tar-like. <laughs> like, and the same thing happens with um, with like mares, like their teats in between, as much like cows. They just have two teeth rather than, like, four. But they're, you know, between their legs, whatever. And, like, so, like, in between them, they get that same buildup. It's just, like, kind of crusty skin. And then, it you know, it gets, like, warm and weird in there. So sometimes it, like, this starts to... Sometimes it's dry and you're kind of, like, peeling these weird things of, like, dry skin out. And then when it's hot, it, like, will kind of start to liquefy into this yeah like tar muck stuff that's like black and sticks to your hands and so you know that's like for some reason was on on my mind <laughs> i was like those are the things that like you block out about like horse care you're like all right you have to like pick in you gotta get in there And, like, some of them don't like it. I mean, who would? Sorry, just gotta get into your sheath here. (laughs) You got some (laughs) buildup. That is starting to look funky. (laughs) Like, that's literally, is just, like... It seems like
0: one of those things that, like, neither party wants to be doing. You don't want to be doing it. They don't want it to be happening. (laughs)
1: Hey, Red, time for a sheath check. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Red already being such a dick, too. Like, I'm sure yeah. that doesn't help.
1: I tell you what, I'm glad that's one sheath I've never had to check. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does your mom do it?
1: Yeah, so mom has had to, you know, clean out Red's smegma. I've done it with sugar a good number of times in my day. Especially when mares are pregnant, because, like, they're, obviously their teeth like, fill with milk, so they start swelling, and so it's just, like, that space between them gets, like, pressed up even tighter, and so that's when you get more of the kind of, like, the gross, sticky stuff versus the just kind of drier buildup that you can kind of just, like, peel out of there.
0: <sighs> well, that all sounds really disgusting.
1: Yeah, so fun horse facts this time.
0: Horse facts with Melanie.
1: Horse facts uh, and experiences. Been there.
0: So for, for next time, we will either watch the the Little White Horse Ooh. movie which we learned exists and has Tim Curry yes, in it. I forgot about that. I want to know who Tim Curry is supposed to be in this scenario. How hot is Robin? Worth marrying a 14-year-old? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are they appropriately cast? By I feel age? like
0: they probably aren't because Sir Benjamin is supposed to be pretty chubby and like kind of older. Yeah, and if Tim Curry is Sir Benjamin, I don't know if that's going to make sense. I mean, he's, he's supposed to be like jovial and nice, but he definitely is eating and drinking a lot. But so we'll either watch that movie, should it be available um, mm. for us to watch, or I rent have it. I have one horse book left that Melanie's mm. giving given me. It is called Willow King, Race the Wind. This is our first male author. It's by a Chris Platt, (laughs) which Melanie thinks is funny. She thinks it's Discount Chris (laughs) Platt. And it says that it is inspired by a real champion racehorse. So we got that. Hot diggity
1: dog. Um, And then at that point, let's get some viewer or listener input. Just remember, you can email us at pasturebedtimepod at gmail.com. Uh, would you prefer if I saw, I don't know how many more individual horse books. I was really big on series. Like, I liked to invest in a character or mm-hmm. characters and, like, see things through. So I don't know how many more, like, one-offs I have. But would you prefer? No one's going to email us. What do you prefer? Some more one offs like we've been doing the last little bit? Or should we go back to a series like how we started with the whole Unicorns of Valinor series? We could do Phantom Stallion. We could get started on some Thoroughbreds. We've got Saddle Club, Heartland somewhere. Some of these, they're, they're somewhere in my parents' home in boxes. Yeah, I mean, um, I
0: guess also that might just depend on what Diana feels like bringing.
1: Yeah. I'll go there at some point and maybe I can rummage around. But anyway, uh, let us know what you think. You're not going to, so we're just going to do whatever <laughs> we want to. On the off chance that they've got my few, physical they've therapist... they a few more weeks. My physical therapist might give us input. Um,
0: I feel like people are more likely to just say something personally to us. Yeah. Who who know us.
1: Yeah. So if you want to do that, too, if you know us and want to tell us in real time and not email us, even though, like, we don't get any emails.
0: One person did email. I know. Wanting a sticker.
1: Shout out to Jeffrey.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, yeah, you can either look forward to to our to maybe a brief review of the movie. That might yeah. be like a fun, quick thing to do is yeah. just watch the movie and then do like a a real short episode of our thoughts. Yeah, you know, and then I can I can read Willow King, Race the Wind
1: <laughs> yeah. for the future. That could be fun because we could like a lot of times when we're recording, it's like we can't like have dinner and record.
0: Yeah, we, well, could, we can
1: have dinner and watch a movie and then record.
0: Melanie, we could we could get like cupcakes. We
1: could make it a, a whole we could thing. make
0: popcorn. Well, well yeah, well we'll we'll make some figure plans. It out. Yes. yes. Maybe after you're you're done with your busy time at work. Yeah. Because I know that right now you're you're pretty stressed out. But maybe in like a, a week and a half or something. Yeah. You'll you'll feel up to an evening.
1: Yeah. Definitely, like a week and a half will be, hopefully, mellowing out, so that would be
0: nice. Yeah. I kind of feel like we're going back to, like, the the every two week schedule, because it seems like this yeah. has been about two weeks. Yeah. I, th- I think, like, the every week thing was good when there was just nothing going on, but yeah. now we're both really busy again.
1: Yeah. Definitely every other week was just with work. Yeah. Having to be at work sometimes. Anyway.
0: anyway okay well bye guys
1: bye thanks thanks
0: <laughs> thanks for listening and 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 please enjoy this, this special message from Kara
1: oh my gosh hey there Kara fans um I'm so
0: sorry that you have not heard the screeching sound of my voice in such a long time and or my laughter in the background. I want you to know that I'm always laughing in the background of your life. Um, I love you all. Thank you so much.
1: I am out in the big city trying to make it on my own in the, in the big wide, wide world. I almost said big white world. Um, I mean, it is that also because I'm in Missoula, Montana, but you know, um, anyway, thanks so much for, Still listening to Past Your Bedtime because it's a great show, and I'm sorry I'm not there, but also it's not my show. So that's fine. T shirts coming soon.
0: Hashtag CaraFans. Love you. Bye. She was a happy, happiest child. I
1: didn't <laughs> choose homeschool because of anxiety. Because of, of anxiety. Because <mileage> of anxiety. Because of, <escuela> of anxiety. Because of anxiety. Because of anxiety.